Hi, welcome to Suplex the Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. And Forrest. Howdy. How's it going, guys? Forrest is sad because I made him put a switch away. No, I'm frowning because of Mm. the fight that I was doing when you made me put the switch away. Mm. You know, there's one thing... There's one thing I learned in this game, and that you've just got to get good. That is true. Like, it's... Yeah, there's no no real way around it. Yeah. Uh, There's no aids. There's no, like, help. There's no me jumping in and helping you. It's all on you. You are Samus in that dreadful place, Planet ZDR. That's the name of it. That's true. Yep. And you have to survive. Uh, In case you are living under a rock and you did not know that Metroid Dread came out, uh, we're going to be talking non-spoilers about Metroid Dread. Um, we'll do a spoilery discussion somewhere down the line. Uh, I'm on the final boss. Seth beat it today. I uh, did. And Forrest is still an hour or two out uh, from getting to the final boss. And if he's struggling this much with this mini boss, then who knows how long Listen, it'll take him to beat I've the game. always struggled with double boss fights. A single boss is easy for me to handle. Mm. My brain is not split between multiple things at once. We'll see. But it has two hemispheres. Yeah, your brain has two hemispheres. You should be able to do it. Well, it can't. And it never has been able to. Can't you circle breathe? Just create. No, circular breathing is independently hard. Just get each side of your brain to independently control each eye and hand. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, or you could just have a friend hold on to the other side of your switch <laughs> and control the other half of it, so Aww. both of you are controlling the switch. I love mm, co-op. Then we get two brains. <laughs> yeah, that's two brains against two enemies. That could work. Um, So we all have been playing Metroid Dread. Uh, Really, we should pause this right now and you guys both do this and Mm. we should report back. I I guarantee that's not going to work. Not with how much... Okay, let's first set what this game is. We can't... Because I was about to go into my feelings on some of the controls. Uh, The the game is Metroid Dread. You are Samus. You land on a... You have chased a rogue um, X parasite parasite uh, from Metroid this, Fusion from Metroid Fusion to this planet, and when you land, you get uh, honestly it was is kind of fine that Nintendo put it in this trailer because it ended up being like the opening scene of the game. Yeah, um, but you fight a Chozo warrior. Uh, and that's kind of the premise of you losing all of your powers. Um, and he's a big old boy with his own power suit. Yep. And blaster. And then he does some something happens in your fight that you are not killed, but do wake up in the bottom of the planet with no 
memory of what happened, and a bunch of your powers are gone. Correct. Typical, typical opening to a Metroid game. Yeah, indeed. Um, and you're you are going through these areas to get to your ship and get off of this planet, and along the way you are halted. Your progress is halted by these um, Emmys, which are. I'm sure that acronym stands for something, but I don't remember what it is right now. And they they have uh, intricate chase sequences that you have to play through um, in order to get through them. And then they are frustrating. An extraplanetary multiform mobile identifier. Okay, that's the extra extraplanetary, not yes. interplanetary. No, because well, no, they go to other planetary right, starts with an I and not gotcha. an E. Yeah, if so, it was that, it would be entering Emmy. planetary. Okay. It gotcha. wouldn't be Emmy. It would be Emmy. Emmy, <laughs> Emmy, Emmy. Uh, are you an Emmy or an Emmy? Emmy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this this game is really interesting. I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, there are weird times where you feel like you're getting a bunch of new things thrown at you at once. And then there's also times where you're like, man, I haven't gotten a new thing in a while. Yeah. Uh, so the pacing is a little strange in that aspect sometimes. Uh, uh, I I will say, though, with the pacing, that I haven't felt for even a minute yet that there isn't something that I can't go do right. at any given moment. Yeah. Now that I like get a new power set or ability or whatever, I know that there is stuff in previous zones that I could go back and do. Well, I, I agree with you, except for the one moment I was playing and I had to look over at Seth and say, uh, man, I'm stuck. And he was like, oh, shoot the roof. And, and I was like... <laughs> That's a common thing that's, <laughs> that seems like, to be yes, happening. Yes, very early <laughs> on the game, it, it, it does look like you softlock the game she's like wait a minute i got into this place and i can't go back the way i came and there's no exit and obviously it's there on purpose to to get you in the mindset of looking to looking where things aren't right and you know when you i want i can't remember exactly how long it's been since metroid fusion but when you haven't played a game like this in so long your brain forgets some of those behaviors um i'm, I'm now looking to see how long ago i feel like it was, was. since uh, like 2002 or metroid three. fusion came out november 18th 2002 so it's been 19 years since the last side scrolling metroid game uh that was new yeah so the one on 3ds came out we can discount That's, that because it's a remake it was a remake seth did you play that Samus Returns? Yeah, yeah, the the one on 3DS. Uh, I played a bit of it. I never got through it because my uh, DS didn't have a fully functioning R button, which was Ooh. a very oh, yeah, important part of that game. That's yeah, unfortunate. I think you said that the other day. So I actually yeah. plan on playing that immediately after I finish Dread. Oh. I did play AM2R, <laughs> which was uh, I've been I've been wanting to check that out again lately. I was I was pretty stoked on that when it first came out, but I didn't have anything that I felt could properly run it, so I watched it I from mean, a distance. You could probably run it on the 
block of wood. It's not like a super intensive. It's basically (laughs) just like running a ROM. I promise you, that's the thing. My old laptop literally would have trouble running Pokemon games. Mm. Like, Mm. (laughs) a simple ROM is not as simple for that machine as you'd think it is. Um, So, yeah. uh, A lot of that game, like, uh, if I had played that, I would have been maybe had the memory of that mindset a little more. Yeah. But... Um, I do remember I did pl- replay through all of Metroid Fusion on my 3DS at one point because I had it because of the Ambassador program. Lucky. Uh, yeah. Uh, very lucky. Um, but, Seth, how are you feeling about Metroid Dread so far? Well, right now I'm in the afterglow of having just finished the game, which includes a very... <laughs> A really cool ending sequence um, that sort of takes you and takes Samus in a direction that I, ever since the end of Fusion, when I would be imagining, mm, what could they do at the next game? Like, it was, it sort of almost exactly went went that way, and so I was very excited about it, um, mm. about that happening. Um, I, I've, I really enjoyed the game. It was, it was a lot of fun. I... I think the the things you said about the pacing I th- I think they while it's not always like a constant stream of new upgrades I think they supplement that by taking you into new areas with like different obstacles and stuff um in between those gaps where you're not getting anything new to traverse with you're getting new places to traverse um so like I I thought the pacing was really good um just the the way it kept you moving to going to getting new things or going to see new things or having new enemies to fight. Um, it was unexpected amount of like lore that they went into because um, like outside of Prime, which went like heavy on the whatever you want to know is out there for you to find. Um, if you like, take the time to to look around for it. Um, other, other like the old two D Metroid games were not. I mean, you had like an opening scrawl at the beginning of the game telling you what was happening, and you have that in this. But there was actual like stuff happening during the game, um, and I guess Fusion did this a bit with you checking in with the AI every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but I th- but this this game does goes to another level in. Um, like when you go to those AI checkpoints, they like the Adam, who's the, the, that's the AI's name, um, like discusses the implications of what is happening to you in the story. Uh, and like for the first time ever, there are Chozo in this game, uh, who have mm-hmm. been major background characters in other Metroid games, and but have never actually showed up and are presumed to be all dead. But here they are, sort of alive and sort of well, um, and <laughs> talking to you, uh, like, directly. Verbally. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and so I thought that was really cool. Um, like the this? game looks, it looks really good. Um, I, I played the entire thing handheld, except for the final boss. Um, so I don't know, like, performance-wise, how it would work or how it It still looks. performs really well docked and looks mm-hmm. great still um that's how i've been playing it a lot lately 
especially yeah. over the last like two days. Good to know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just been it's been a really good time. I so I had a lot of the the some some of the stuff was interesting to me. It was probably already talked about when Samus Returns came out came out. Um, but it was stuff that going in that I wasn't super sure about. Uh, like it was stuff on paper that I think um sounded good, but I didn't know in practice how it would work. Uh, and that's like the added mobility and speed with that Samus moves with. Um, like it's she's a lot faster, a lot more agile. Um, than in previous games, which of course, um, anyone who has watched the Ego Raptor video about Mega Man X being a perfect game knows this. But when your characters move faster, the stages have to be laid out a lot longer. Right. Um, and so I was just, I was just not, like, not super sure how that would, like, make the game feel. Um, because, I mean, having fast characters and mobile characters is a pretty common staple of Metroidvania games these days. So it's not like something I would have had no idea how to do. But Metroid has a, has a very specific feel to it, um, for not having, uh, not up, not like expanding or, or rather just not changing the way that Samus moves in them um too drastically. Uh but it I thought it did work out really well. They the map was still laid out in a way that it felt very labyrinthine while still feeling really open. Um I do think that it hindered what the Emmys were there to do. So when um when they were talking about this game, the Emmys, these invincible enemies that stalk you and these ver these certain areas, um, and you basically just have to run away from them or they will kill you. Uh, there is right. a way to counter them, which I did, I think, a total of three times by the end. The timing is um, so difficult. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's tough. I've done it pretty successfully, though. I got to be honest, by the end of the, like, I was doing it pretty consistently. Yeah. And I, really? oh, yeah, I felt there's nothing more satisfying than landing that. Now, the so there's there's like three different modes of it and the one that always gets me is where they shoot you right when they open the mask that one i never countered cuz i that was the only one i ever countered <laughs> really yeah I, I could never get the hand one um so they during the 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 lead up to the game the developers talked about how the Emmys were kind of an expansion on what SAX was in Metroid Fusion, who was for the majority of the game was a was a, an enemy character who would show up, and you would just have to run away from them, um, and those moments were all always like super tense and like the the music would start getting dark and and uh, terrifying and tense and um, and you could never do anything to the SAX until the very end of the game. Um, but that was with the, like, the old, less mobile Samus and in much more tightly constricted areas because she couldn't move through them as fast. I think the fact that 
this like the one thing like that they weren't they weren't really able to replicate that feeling because of how easy it is for you to run. I mean, um, it's just like you're not the, the spaces that you're in with them are not always as tight, and there are, they give you ample like crevices and and tiny holes and and ways to get away from them. And it only like later in the game when you have even more. Um, movement abilities. They kind of compensate by that by making the Emmys more deadly even when they're not like right next to you um, by giving the like they get ways to stop you in your tracks. But it's still, it never, it was, it was never the same kind of sense of dread that you got when you were in a room with the SAX and you're like, oh crap, I, there's only like two exits here and there's no way that I can get away from them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, and it, I, I'm not really sure where I land on the Emmys. Uh, I think they're a lot more frightening in the beginning of the game um, when you can't, like, jump infinitely or sneak through, go into morph ball mode and sneak through tiny holes or uh, you don't, you don't e- even, like, you get the invisibility thing pretty quickly, but even then, the, the constraints on that uh, and of your energy bar and, and the very little health that you have that it takes from after your energy bar is depleted. Um, like those still, those encounters were still more, uh, harrowing than they, than they are later in the game. Um, but still never reached that level of, uh, the enemy from fusion. Um, which, you know, I, I, I didn't never really expected them to. Um, but it was, so I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about those Emmys. Um, it's also weird. The I don't know. I guess the, the the way that they divvy out upgrades in Metroid is generally always pretty random. Um, but it was strange. Like diff- when when the different things were locked behind beating an Emmy. Uh, and like you, Samus touches them and they just dissolve, and you're like, wait a minute, what the heck just happened? Why did I get this yeah. from this thing? Yeah. And where did it go? Um, so that, it, it was sort of, that was like, I don't know, they were just kind of, uh, not really hit or miss, but I don't really, I, I sort of come down somewhere in the middle, I think, whether I think they were successful or, uh, not successful. So I don't, I don't want to take this as a spoiler at all, but the fact that you, said that uh makes me know that it's not addressed in the ending <laughs> and i <laughs> i i was like oh yeah. maybe that'll get addressed in the ending why these you know seemingly indestructible metal things uh are dissolving at the touch of samus uh, yeah it's weird but no um, i guess not yeah like i said it's always sort of they just they just cram these upgrades in different places uh in previous i mean there are the ones that you get from the chozo ruins uh in this game as which is the a metroid tradition um that this ex- this extinct race of people left all of these different upgrades for their chosen hero to find in her time of need uh mm-hmm. but yeah the emmys are just like they're hanging out that and they have these abilities um i will say that Watching the Emmys move is definitely upsetting because yeah. they don't move their bodies in anything like natural. Yes. Any in yeah. any any way that looks natural. Right. 
And when it when you think it's going to take a certain route or it's going to climb something a certain way, you're it, wrong. It doesn't. And you try it's, and like juke it out and it just says, No, I'm gonna go the way that you didn't want me to go and just pop up right on you. Um So I I guess my so I wanna go back a little bit to your that it doesn't feel scary too much to deal with them. And I agree with you mostly uh or at least it doesn't feel like a chore um but like there was one or two where there was a lot of water involved in their area yeah. and that was brutal <laughs> i don't know if you had as much of an issue as i did yeah i mean um i don't know it, i think i definitely had my issues with it i think that one moved to being more less scary and more kind of tedious yeah um, no, that yeah tedious is the better word so yeah i like it you know there there there's always in these games obligatory water sequences that you move really slowly and you can't jump um and they do to their credit in this one you you generally have the grapple beam by the time you reach any water yeah um, well not any uh, but any like large bodies of water, and it does so. It does give you a bit more of a, a quick way to move around. Um, so I don't know. Like, like I said, I think it's there were some that were successful, and some that were just a bit more like, all right, I don't want to deal with this. Um, yeah, the the water stuff was definitely pro- was probably the the most frustrating out of any of them. Um, but I, I I don't remember it being all that bad for me. Uh, for me, on the whole, I actually really like the addition of the Emmys. I, I feel safe in pretty much any other room that doesn't have an Emmy in it. Like, I'm not stressing about dealing with any other enemies. But when I'm in an Emmy zone, I, like, in the fact that I can't just deal with it like I do everything else, it adds a level of intensity that I'm not getting outside of, like, boss fights uh, throughout the rest of the game. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, when the Emmys are active in their zones, you definitely... Like, you always have to look at the map and, like... Plan see out. See the route that you are <laughs> going to take yeah. to get to the place that you need to. It, it actually uh, reminds because me it a does, lot. It does create, like, a higher sense of urgency of you, like, Making sure you are doing things correctly. Yeah. Uh, because you can't just, like, run in there and be like, all right, I'm just going to go look around. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of uh, Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake with uh, Mr. X and Nemesis. Like, especially with 2 remake, uh, Mr. X can just pop up anywhere after a certain point when you're in the uh, Raccoon City Police Department. Um, it is a lot like, like, it is a very similar situation with what Metroid Dread does with the Emmys that like you when you are going through like these areas they will follow you and they will hunt you down until you get to a safe room and i i love a mechanic like that so like in it yeah immovable object just chasing you down yes it uh, it it is it's a very good mechanic when it is implemented well and i think yeah. uh for the most part, these were the, like 
I think they were implemented pretty well, but um, yeah, I, I I agree with you there. So let's let's talk about uh, gameplay wise some of the c- controls and how they are cramming everything they can on every button. <laughs> they are using almost every single button this, on this controller. It is a, it's almost to the point where I'm surprised they didn't use the touch screen. Like yeah, they did. Have you thought of that stuff? Like they've used, yeah. Like, uh, they're definitely. It's hmm, how to say this. It it does become a bit like it. There is a learning curve every time you get a new item that uses yeah. a new button, and you're like, okay, I have to figure out. Uh, I have to try and remember. Or it's even worse when you get a new item that is on the same button that another item is already on. <laughs> um, and you you sort of have to train your brain. So yeah, it it a lot of like the stuff mostly becomes second nature by the end. But there were still there there are still times there were still times at the end that I was doing a thing that I, when I wanted to do something else. Yeah, uh, the triggers are really like most of the time I can do what I want easily between like the missiles, the grapple shot, all that stuff in like uh, the little slide and then like the morph ball. Most of the time I do those perfectly fine, but sometimes in the heat of the moment, I, especially if like I'm being just berated by an enemy, I just get overwhelmed and I start like my fingers just start pressing the wrong triggers and then that leads me to like a few wasted seconds and if like a fair bit of damage lost uh just because I'm pressing the wrong thing because they're so close to the other thing that I'm meaning to do yeah there's a lot to do with the triggers in this game and the intricacy of uh aiming your shots sometimes uh like like standing still with aiming yeah um yeah you'll see when you get to the final boss how some of that ends up uh working its way around (laughs) but Uh, despite the like the insane amount of different button combos for different stuff i i think that the game controls really tightly Um, yeah like you're never going to find yourself doing something like like the game failing to do something that you want it to do because like of itself um it's always going to be because you didn't like aim in the right way or you pressed the wrong button or you weren't holding down the right button um for like the the game it it's it's really responsive it really it really feels good to to move around in um yeah of course and I, I think they 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 really nailed the the feeling of of movement in this game, especially by the end when you've got uh, the full gamut of ways to move around, which is really just like infinite uh, screw attack jumping through stages. Oh no, that's it. Feels like the chains are off at that point, and it's fantastic to move around the environment. Yeah, um, which is how it is, and it, I mean that's really how it is in every Metroid game. Like, they always say the screw attack is one of the very final things that you get because it just demolishes everything in, in your path. Right. Uh, enemy, pl- <laughs> uh, platform, anything, it just eats it up. Um, 
I want to save some of the surprises, uh, of course, because we don't want to do spoilers. Um, but there, there's just so much in this game that's so good and neat and a treat for people if you've played previous Metroid games. Um, and I, I really wholly recommend it. Um, I just go in with the mindset that you... Please don't call it a souls like. I saw so many people on Twitter about that saying stuff like that. It's just a difficult game. Like it's that's all it is. It's just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's like Dark Souls. The checkpoint system is very forgiving. Yeah, like if you die with bosses. Yeah, if you die bosses and Emmys, yes. But if you die exploring and you haven't saved in a minute, yeah, you're back. You get jacked up. I don't know if I've ever had that happen to me then, but uh, at least well, with like bosses and Emmys, when you die, it will put you back to the entrance. Yeah. Or the exit of the previous room, the entrance of the room that you died in. Right. Um, but if you die while exploring, you go all the way back to your save, that's, the last save. Ooh. Yeah. I'm glad I've never run into that then. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, sucks. It's, it's, <laughs> it is unfortunate because... You never really feel the need to save outside of like when you enter new save rooms. Oh, I uh, save every time I enter a save room. Really? If I'm just passing through, I, no. I, 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 I always have to be sure, you know? Yeah, I would rarely <laughs> do that, if ever. I probably, yeah. I think the only time I started doing it was that first time that I died and went back. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Uh, I have to go collect all that stuff in that order again. Uh, and then I made the, made sure to sh- to save after like the sixth try of of trying to go do what I was doing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, because there's nothing worse than having to re-explore an area. Yeah, of that. that's only um, happened to me once, and it was earlier today because I thought I soft locked myself, and I'm like, ah, crap! I'm just gonna have to reload the save at this point. I can't get out of here. There apparently is an actual potential soft lock, I think, late in the game. Um, That's not good to know. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have told <laughs> you. I didn't actually read what it was. I was just oh, reading no. an article um, about the game, like trying to figure out what the what you get at the end. Um, and like in the first paragraph, it was like, uh, make sure not to soft lock in this one area. I was like, oh, Ooh. I'm glad I didn't, and <laughs> I'm glad I didn't know that <laughs> it was possible. Yeah. Mm. I'll be on the edge of my seat till I beat this game then. Yeah. Just worrying so. if I mess something up. That'll really add some dread. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, uh, what, if, what if a game like this built in intentional soft locks? If you like, mm. were going places that you weren't supposed to just to mess with you. I would hate that mm. because I feel like I haven't really been exploring in what would be considered a proper order. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not beelining from one thing to the next. Like, I'm taking my time with each area. And because the map system does this thing where it will, like, you will have a room on the map, but it will fill in the path that you had taken through it. So. In, Trying in, to fill up this whole room. I got. I got to fill up the whole room. <laughs> I have to fill up the map. Uh, in, I did not. So I did not go. Sometimes. I did not go to that extent. 
Uh, I but can't help times, it sometimes, bro. Yeah, there were times when I would be in like the big transporter rooms that I would oh, just hop the, around. Yes, to to fill out those. The, I'll hop was, off of the wall and then uh, thing. and then yeah. flash <laughs> as much as I can, and then do it from the other end of the hall. It is a waste of time to be sure, but it fulfills yeah. <laughs> me on the inside. Yes, um, it is very fun. Um, I will say uh, something about this game. It, I have not been able to put it down. I I haven't experienced that with a game in a really long time, it feels like, for me, where every moment that I'm not playing the game, I genuinely wish that I was playing the game. I... Like, it is just such a good time, and there's always something to be doing in it and exploring or finding, uh, and I just... I do not want to put it down. I stayed up till like 3 a.m. last night playing it or the night before. And I, I was having a blast every single second. Yeah, no, that's, that's completely relatable. I, I mean, I'd stay up to like, uh, so it's not, it's, it was in the trailers. Crate is in the game. Yeah. It took me like an hour and a half to beat Crate. Oh. Uh, Cause of, countering uh like having to know when to do counters and yeah. stuff i just like i it was probably a mix between me being tired and it being late i see but uh it took me forever um and i should have just put it down and went to bed um but i i did the same thing where i was up like way too late and then it opened up like three new abilities yeah one after another and then i was like well it, i can't just not play more. I've got these me, new abilities. It keeps you coming back for more. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it, it's great. I, I'm I'm loving it. Uh, it's quickly becoming a, a favorite thing for me. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for more Metroid things. Right now, uh, like it's coming out more and more. I think this sold Metroid Dread sold more. It has already sold more than the first month of the was the last one. Uh, Other M. Other no Federation the, Force. No, the Prime? one on 3ds. The, oh, Samus Returns. Samus yeah. Returns. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, I would hope so. But I saw like after the Switch already existed. I saw an article earlier today. It was on IGN actually. Um, that. Because of the release of Dread, interest in the series as a whole across multiple Nintendo platforms has reached an all-time high where on, like, the Wii U eShop, like, Metroid Fusion and Zero are, like, the number one selling games right now on there. Uh, the Wii U Sweet. charts Metroid Fusion, Zero Mission, Prime Trilogy, and Super Metroid all are in the top ten. And on the 3DS charts, Samus Returns has climbed to number three. Um, I love to see it. Yeah. Uh, biggest has enjoyed... It's the biggest ever launch in the UK. And it has sold more than three and a half times more copies at launch than Samus Returns. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. So it was three and a half more times. Same dev team, too. Yeah. Uh, and the God bless them. The fifth biggest yeah, Switch a, launch of job. this year. Yeah. Yeah, Fantastic. it's been a 
Yeah, it's it's really good. The 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 knock on Metroid has always been that like you know, it's always critically well reviewed but doesn't sell. So yeah. it's good. Especially good that people are buying it. And it doesn't do well in Japan um historically yeah it does yeah. much better in the west um but sometimes for a company that isn't enough to keep it up consistently uh hopefully this is a very good uh wake-up call for nintendo going forward with a metroid series well i mean we like we know that they are they have at least one other metroid project currently going on so um, I forgot about Prime Four. Yeah, we'll see whenever it comes out. And lots oh of God. been lots of rumors lately that a uh, a remake of the of the first Prime is also in the works. Um, so I think that they like they know that there's an interest and they do seem to um, want to cultivate that. So hopefully, Dread only strengthens that for them. Yeah, and hopefully it makes. Nintendo realized that uh, it should be the whole trilogy coming to Switch instead of just a remake of Prime. Uh, also, who knows that which I one mean, it is. Yeah, I agree, but the first one is the best. Um, I also think that maybe we could get some sort of uh, 2D Metroid re-release of like the entire series specifically zero mission and fusion on the switch that would be really cool but you can play metroid and super metroid on nintendo switch yeah. online sure but uh dread is a direct sequel to fusion and why would i play metroid one when i can play zero mission which is the remake of it and much nintendo's better. going to look at you and say <laughs> we've given you metroid on the switch and i'll say screw you fusion's not on there <laughs> right i'm I'm telling you, they're not going to re-release Zero Mission. I, they, well, because if they ever get around to putting uh, Game Boy Advance games for Nintendo Switch online, then yeah. you can ima- those will definitely be two that are there. Yeah, it's possible. Um, and maybe if we ever get that weird rumor, uh, like one day they'll find a way to put 3DS games on there. That would be good. Mm. Uh, then we could get the... The one that didn't sell anything because it was on the 3DS. Um, so, all right. Well, did did you guys play anything else? Because uh, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> there was a game I forgot to mention that I was playing last week called Sable. Um, it It's just a really nice journey type of game. Um, there's not like combat or anything. You're just traveling around a wasteland. Just it's like a coming of age story. You're going on a pilgrimage, um, and basically finding out what you want to be. Um, and the main thing for like the tribe that you're from is that uh, you you find all these masks and stuff that represent different either like occupations or passions, different aspects of life. And then once you return from your pilgrimage. Like, that mask that you finally return with is kind of what you want to be for your life. And it's just like a, a self-discovery sort of thing. And I'm really liking it a lot. It's on Game Pass. So, check it out. Hmm. I have wanted to play that. Uh, also, Season 8 of Halo Master Chief Collection dropped today with all the really cool historical warrior-inspired armors and stuff. Um... I 
played a little bit of that earlier just to like unlock the stuff and it looks pretty cool. I think you're the only person I know that plays Master Chief Collection consistently. Listen, <laughs> I, I don't really have any defense for myself. But no, like, I mean, Halo's one of my favorite Halo. series. Exactly. Yeah. It's one of my favorite series. It, the original one released on my third or fourth birthday. It's a part of my life intrinsically, and I have friends who I'm very close with that still play it, so why not join them, you know? Yeah. No, I just, listen, I, <laughs> I'm not knocking it. It's just... I'm the one person you know. Yeah, it pops up on, on Discord all the time that you are playing that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, Seth, what about you? I uh, put a bit more into Deathloop, but um, I mean, I'm, I'm getting pretty close to the final solution of the game. Uh, but it is cool that... <laughs> Uh, each time I go into, maybe not each time, but there, it is fun how I can go into a level and still find more like threads to pull at about uh, different things that are happening in the different times of day that I can affect that I didn't know about before. Fun. I am going to get back to that, I promise. Uh, it just happens that I was, you know, got a new console and, you know, I would rather play Metroid than that um all right yep. um so with that we will come back after the break and we will talk about the news and uh our nintendo switch oleds hi big joe here and i'm here to tell you to check out suplex the sticks on all social media platforms at at suplex the sticks Links for the socials and the invite to our Discord are in the show notes below. Subscribe and review the show on your favorite podcatcher. And while you're at it, let your friends know about the podcast. It's the best way to help us grow our community. And with that, back to the show. And we're back. All right, Seth, let's talk about, since Force can't take part in this. The news? He's not allowed to talk about the news. No, he's not allowed to talk about the beauty of the Nintendo Switch OLED edition. Edition? Oh, uh, yes. Oh, oh, the Nintendo Switch OLED. We'll just call it that. I think it's uh, version? Yeah, I can't I remember. Um, so you you said earlier that you have played, uh, you played Metroid Dread mainly handheld. And I imagine I that's because it, just the game sings on this screen. Oh yeah, it, the way it really blacks. pops. Yeah, it's quite it's quite a good good device. It was uh, something I was, you know, I I wasn't sure that I actually wanted to spend the money to go through with the upgrade because I was like, you know, I already have this system. Do I really need to fork over the money? Uh, and in the end, of course, uh, because of the wonderful uh, folks at GameStop. I did not have to actually pay anything uh, because of trade-in, so that was great. Uh, so it kind of removed that whole thing from the equation. But but still, I was like, mm, do I really want to go through this? Uh, but it definitely, like, the first time I, like, turned the game on, lay, turned the Switch on laying in bed, like, with the lights off, um... 
That was like the first time, like the size and the the colors of the screen. I was like, whoa, this actually right. is drastically different looking. So I don't know how often you play outside. Uh, I, I know did that, that today, actually. Yeah, you also really notice it outside, like how the the screen just doesn't have like it's just a much clearer picture and it shows off much better um in a yeah. in a wider variety of areas um i i i specifically love how dark the screen can get which is amazing uh that's one of the benefits of being an oled cuz you know that's just how they get, work like get purer blacks yes um and so for metroid dread it's provided a better experience for that um you know because that game is very dark in some areas and it it showed off the way that like samus's suit glows and stuff um is really accentuated when you have a true black next to the bright green and stuff um this is all of course i want to do the caveat only if you really care about this stuff. If you're fine seeing right. like a grayed out pixel next to it. But I like it because it looks pretty. And so I want stuff to look pretty. Shout out, sh- really. Uh, I know people give GameStop so much flack. But shout out to GameStop. How you're in business still, I don't know. Because you gave me $260 for my Nintendo Switch. Mm. which is only $40 less than I paid for it. <laughs> and I and only don't like know. like 20 or $30 less than they're actually charging for a used one. Exactly. Still don't know how they're doing it. Uh, but shout out to you, GameStop. Uh, I got my Switch OLED for like next to nothing past the amount that I spent to pre-order it. Uh, and... It's, you know, it's been great, but the, apparently the Joy-Cons are the newest iteration of Joy-Con that Nintendo has made that came with this console. Uh, That doesn't mean anything significant, but apparently there has been some small things they've done to mitigate Joy-Con drift. So, uh, I mean, I supposedly we will see less of that being an issue uh, with these newer ones. and I mean, the... I think it's still going to be hit and miss. Um, like I... The, my launch Joy-Cons for, that, I, that I have from my original Switch still have not suffered drift. Um, and so I think it, it's... It's probably... They're probably more resistant to it, but they have said that like wear and tear is going to happen to any controller just ba- because of the way that the the controller is designed it's inevitable that it's going to wear down um, right so it's just like it's kind of a matter of if not when it seems like uh but it also is a bit of a kind of a roll of the dice cuz like i said i i still have my my neon blue and reds and they still perform admirably um have you noticed that like so i haven't bought any other joy cons but like the the texture on these is definitely different right 
Yes. No, there is a texture difference. I can't put my finger on it. Um, there's a slight texture difference. And also because the back of the new OLED switch is uh, like half metal because the stand is more durable and wider, it feels weird sometimes holding that. Um, yeah. Because I'm used to the back like, of the system. Yeah, it was definitely a bit of a... A, a bit strange, like holding it the first time. It's like this is very, it's incredibly familiar, but also weirdly different in very specific ways. That's hard to put my my finger on, uh, even though I am literally putting my <laughs> fingers on them. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. I I'm glad I got it. It like I as a person who plays mostly handheld, like like that was that was the whole reason that I was like, yeah, I'll probably get this just because. Um, like, I do play games docked, but for the most part, I'm playing them handheld. And so the better screen, better speakers. Uh, battery life seems to be the same. Although I did notice playing Dread, it, it, I was surprised the amount of time that the battery lasted. And that might just be because uh, it's a new battery rather than uh, the one that I've been using for years. Well, wait, um, did you did you upgrade from the... Oh, no, I never, I never, I never got the the better battery life version. Oh, so I like you're yeah, I've I've still been using the launch switch. Yeah, you're thriving now. Your that battery is going to last you longer than at you, least at yeah. least an hour, <laughs> at least an hour more. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, the I wow, what an upgrade for you because it yeah, if you even if you because I <laughs> I'm stupid. I, I know myself. I'm self-aware. Uh, they were like, oh, this one is the same, but it's got a better battery. I was like, yeah, that's worth it. And I just, you know, sideways upgraded. Um, but if if I was a person that mainly played docked and it just sat on the dock all day, then I yeah, they're, they're, probably they're would not, not There wouldn't this. really be any reason to, to spend the extra money on it. Right. Uh, I mean, just outside of that being like the the trade in value that you're getting, uh, if you're fine like trading your old one in and spending the eighty bucks or so to pay it off, but um, and who knows how long that that value will last. But yeah, like I think if you're if if you're only, if you're using this device like in the way people used Wii's in the past, which is just when people come over, you have, like, Mario Kart or whatever to play with other people. And it just exists on your dock. There's not... You're not really gaining anything by upgrading. Right. Unless you want that uh, built-in land port in the in the dock. Which, even then, just buy the USB one. Yeah. Um, that said, though, uh, I do have that new dock hardwired to the internet uh <laughs> so one day i'm gonna just play some smash without lag it's gonna be great <laughs> um, you know probably on the 18th when uh yep. sora comes to smash yes. the real news of <laughs> the rest of the year really yes um yep. So it's it's great. Uh, apparently, there's a screen protector that comes default on the switch that you are not supposed to remove. Yeah, uh, I don't. And what did you do? It's it's. I don't think it's a screen protector. I think it's. I think it's a film that they have on the screen. I mean, to protect it, but I don't know that I would. It it seems to be it's something that is, 
I guess not necessary for the function of the the LED screen because you have taken it off, but they do see like Nintendo's like, hey, don't peel this off. Uh it's very important that you keep it on there. But you, of course. David, what did you do to it? I peeled it off because it it looked like one of those screens that they put over something new that you're supposed to peel off. Yeah. So I did it. That's and then I I literally was looking at it trying to figure out what this thing on the top of it is. I was like, I don't see this. So I don't know how you were able to like look at it and say, oh yeah, this is definitely supposed to come off. Oh no, mine had a little bit of like raised edges. Like it huh. It definitely looked like a thing that you were supposed to take off. Um but I mean it doesn't matter. I put a glass protector on mine anyway, so it's got it's got protection on it. I'm very careful with my consoles, you know. Um but yeah, if you if you want to, you're one of those people that buys a new phone and you're like, oh, a free screen protector, and you don't peel the thing off. Nintendo, <laughs> in this case, is like, hey, yes, this is a thing to protect your screen. It's on it. Uh, but let me tell you, nowhere on the packaging does it say don't peel this off. So, you know, you just could easily do it. And I'm sure. I'm sure it's in... Like one of the booklets. Yeah, but who reads the books? Yeah, it's. A, I mean, I don't know it. <laughs> it doesn't seem like something they would need to put on the box, but then again, I guess not. Yeah. I guess enough people have done it that they've been like, uh, stop. Um. But yeah, it's the the Switch OLED model. I looked it up. Uh, it is the Switch OLED model, and eventually, I would bet money that this is going to be the only one you can grab in store. Um, they probably will phase out the other one or, you know, slowly make it like, it's just, it doesn't make well, sense. Well, I mean, both I don't know. Eventually. Yes. But it is, uh, right now it, it is $50 less to get the old version. So yeah, I can imagine them keeping it around. Um, but man, enjoying it. Be careful with your Animal Crossing data transfers. That's fun. That's a whole process. Uh, that requires a separate app uh, that you can download on your Switch. And um, yeah, it's a, a thank you to my GameStop for not formatting my Switch because uh, so I would have lost my island. That would have been uh, tragic a little bit because I actually have started playing Animal Crossing again in preparation for the Animal Crossing Direct coming this Friday. Uh, that's 20 minutes long. So who knows what the heck they're going to announce at this thing. Because um, uh, that's a lot of content for something that usually just gets holiday updates. Um, this has been a very Nintendo-heavy episode, and so we'll talk about some other news that's not Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> there's a new studio announced today formed by the head of the former State of Decay studio. Um, good Lord, what is the name of it? I have the worst memory today, and I thought it was in my notes, and I'm terrible. Um, oh my gosh. Seth, do you know the name of the new studio? No. 
I didn't yeah. know that this was a thing until you told me better earlier. I don't even remember the old studio's name. Well, no, no it's so the head of the the head of the studio. Oh, oh yeah, wait, wait, wait. I did. Re- it's called Possibility Space. Yes, Possibility the Space. New studio. Thank you. Um, see, we're not based always in perfect. New Orleans. Yes. Nice. Um, it's based in New Orleans, and it's gonna also a lot of them. The people working for them are work from home. Also, uh, Jeff Strain, the founder of Undead Labs, who was the, was the creator of State of Decay, um, started this new studio. Um, has a lot of people uh, like Austin Walker from Waypoint Radio, and a bunch of other people. Um, working for them, Ubisoft, Bioware, EA, Oculus, like they have a lot of people with impressive resumes and they're going to make a AAA game. So we'll see what that means. Um, (laughs) Who knows what they're going to be making. I don't know how soon we'll hear about it, but you know, you love a new studio getting together and Making something happen. Yeah. I'm about yeah. it. Uh, Maybe they'll make uh, a Golden Sun remake. Ooh. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Um, <laughs> All right. So that happened. Avowed uh, was apparently shown off to people. Um, it's, was, it's in deep. It's deep in pre-production. Uh, I did see a bunch of people tweeting about the people that, and a couple of the people that did get to see it. Uh, it's supposedly very much so just as Obsidian's take on Elder Scrolls. It's going to be first person, two handed combat, like what we've seen uh, in that E3 trailer two years ago, I believe. Uh, it's going to have some elements of destructible environments that. Uh, persist in the world so um a lot of there's some i'm trying to think of the name of the dnd esque game but uh some comparisons drawn there so you're going to be able to shape this world a little bit and it's going to be high it's going to be high fantasy and uh i believe you're thinking of pillars of eternity i am thinking of pillars of eternity thank you um so I mean, it's it's going to be exciting. Obsidian is good at making games. They've made Fallout New Vegas, uh, and they made KOTOR 2, and Outer, Outer Wilds. Wilds. Outer Worlds. Outer Wilds. They did not make Outer Worlds. They made Outer Wilds. Is this a bit, Seth? No. No, they made Outer Worlds. You're Outer right. Wilds is... <laughs> The time loop one. <laughs> uh, this is the Metroidvania situation from last week. Uh, this week. Okay, I think it's a little different. It's, uh, <laughs> it's um, also stupid because I played both of those games. <laughs> I really should remember. It's really you know. because I'm I'm reading this article on IGN who uh, miswrote <laughs> outer the outer worlds as outer the outer wilds. Get so, it together, IGN. Blame IGN. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be uh, Obsidian's take on it. And 
Hopefully it's good. I mean, I think it'll be good. And if not, the yeah, Elder Scrolls Six has got to be like five years away. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, uh, this game isn't coming out till 2023. Uh, and certainly by that time, we'll have a name for the Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> oh, maybe we'll have we, Halo Infinite. Will we even have Starfield by then? Yeah, Starfield yeah. will be out by then. Starfield will be out. I bet twenty twenty two. Bold. I don't think they've been working on. Uh, like actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure we'll have it by then. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Hmm. Well, Listen, we'll find out. I, yeah. I think I I think we'll see it. I do. I'm not holding my breath over it. Um So, other than that, uh some other small stuff, G4 TV announced the other day that they are officially launching on November 16th and they will co-stream a bunch of their stuff um on Twitch. So the Twitch ver or the TV version will have uh shorter form versions of some of the stuff they stream all day on Twitch. Um it's gonna be interesting because it's gonna be the first TV station that is coexisting with uh what it's putting on Twitch as longer form entertainment yeah. and streams. Um, also they are going to show off. I love this. I'm a big fan of, uh, Ninja warrior proper from Japan. So they're going to show the unaired tournaments from Japan, which is Sasuke 34, 35 and 36. Uh, so that'll be fun to watch. Um, the Ninja warrior over there just is so much better, uh, because it's kind of, it's serious, but it's also lighthearted. Um, and it's like, in the daytime and it's in the daytime uh, and it's not so uh, like we've just really made it like clean which is like I don't know how what the word is but like it looks very you know American clean like there's corporatized corporatized yeah like there's looks much more fun uh, and more challenging in some ways. But that's not video games. Hopefully they bring some eSports uh, fun competitions back, not like, uh, you know, normal. Bring back like, Nick Arcade. Yeah, bring back something like that, or um, bring back... There was MXC. this one. <laughs> yeah. There was this one video game show they did where they... Uh, had two teams face against each other in multiple different video games in one show. That was fun. Uh, mm, you just could like easily the Nintendo World Championships. Yeah, like you could easily yeah. do a team like four v four, and you could do like Rocket League, Halo, like multiple different video games of yeah. different disciplines, and let them go at it. Uh, what Chivalry two? Do <laughs> do Chivalry two. <laughs> Rocket League and Halo. And, yeah. You know, one of best of three. Uh, yeah. Make you make you start a fresh character in Final Fantasy fourteen, and get up to the current content. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh no. geez. You, you have to go through the free trial to get to whatever that meme is. Up to level the, 60. Yeah, up to level 60. Um, um, I can't remember which expansion it's currently 
up to free right now. I think Heaven's Word. Uh, uh, so maybe. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City is a movie that's happening. Yeah. I think this is the last bit of news we have. Uh, you could turn the show off if you want. <laughs> uh, this movie trailer. You could do that at any time, really. As this long as you movie press play. trailer. Yeah. Uh, this movie trailer looks bad. Uh, and I'm the only, I think Seth, Seth probably also thinks it looks bad. I don't know. I mean, uh, I think it looks like a Resident Evil movie. Uh, there's definitely a bunch of characters who go into a haunted house. I hope at some point someone says that the residents of this house are evil. <laughs> Jeez. You know, it's got the vibe of a sci-fi movie that would say something like that. I'm very excited for These are some movie. really evil residents. Yeah. I I this looks just like pure B movie schlock fun. Uh and for once I actually think I will enjoy a Resident Evil movie. Um not to say that the others aren't pure B movie schlock fun, but they're I was not about to say those are those, those are, are they're great. not Resident Evil to me so far this looks like resident evil to me well i think it also looks like that because it's literally the plot of the first game ripped out and, and made you know it actually it. has characters from resident evil you know and so does the first like seven movies mm, i hope i'm gonna put it. quotes on characters in those movies <laughs> i wonder if ethan's in it yeah there we go get ethan but, in but, this movie. but don't ever show his face yeah, it's a it's one of those POV movies. <laughs> like, no. Uh, no, he's just always covered in shadow right Henry. across his face. Yeah, um, like uh, Morticia Adams in the '90s yeah. Adams Family movies. Yeah, exactly. except really he play up the contrast between the <laughs> the eye lighting no, no, no. and the rest no, of the face. No, just dark. blatant. And even when there's like daylight outside, he just has a blurred face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And and even get the same person who played Morticia Adams to play Ethan. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Ethan Winters. Or or to be what's her name? What was his wife's name? I feel bad that I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I mean the game fridged her too, so <laughs> I, I you can't Mia? Mia Winters. Yes. yes. Or was that the kid? No, the kid was Rose. No, was, yeah, right, was right, Rose. right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, because the name, the I remembered the name was stupid and it made me mad. <laughs> Rose Winters. Ugh. <laughs> uh, we love Resident Evil, don't we, fellas? We love yeah, it. Yeah, unfortunately, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we've gotten to that point worse. where, I think we've gotten to the point where we just we can't say that we don't. Because of the amount of time we've spent talking about it. <laughs> for right. better or for worse, through sickness and in health. Uh, yeah. I'll love Resident rent. Evil till the day I die. Um, I'm try- The only person that I really know of that's... Uh, they decided to get the guy that played Green Arrow, his generic brother that looks kind of like him, to be yeah. uh, Chris Redfield. He, he looks the part of Resident Evil 1 Chris. I he does. I can't argue against it. <laughs> I just I, I can't wait until they like the steroids that they put him on for continued sequels to make oh, to yeah. jack him up to to the current level Chris to Res Evil. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he's got to punch a boulder to death first and then we'll get Thick Daddy Chris from Village. Ugh, man. 
That's all I want is Village Chris. I found out the other day that uh, I think the guy who voices Chris in Village is also the guy who voiced Carlos in 3 Remake. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I saw a post from him the other day that said he did that that he did both and I was like wait a second <laughs> how did I miss that if they would re-release two and three on the switch yeah like the classic remakes, I would oh remake yeah or the classic whatever both yeah I would maybe play those uh, I don't probably have to be much. a cloud version unfortunately yeah you know I've got yeah. internet that's true uh, he's got that baby hardwired yeah well I if I'm going to play it hardwired, I would just buy it on my Xbox. Uh, be, Listen, but, you should play 2 Remake. That is a phenomenal game. Uh, you know, maybe. Um, at this point, to get me to play another Resident Evil, it's going to be a, uh, you know, it's got to work. It's got to It's got to be for something good. And I don't know if it's worth it right now. There's too much stuff coming out. That's fair. Um, it's a busy, busy last. And few we months. don't need two Resident Evil games in the top ten. List. <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> or did that, I do, did I beat six this year? <laughs> do eight was this year, right? Yeah. What is this year? Uh, <laughs> it's too long, is what it is. Um, all right. So does anyone else have any news before we keep rambling on? No. No. <laughs> Nope. I, I knew the show would devolve once we talked about that trailer. So <laughs> was, once you bring in Resident Evil, Kingdom Hearts, or, or Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy, it's everything. I, we're off to I the actually, races. So I did see something cool the other day. Okay. Um, that uh, Masaki Yamigawa, who formerly was one of the developers on Bloodborne, uh, has joined Team Ninja. And oh. hopefully that means that he there he's he's joining in to work on Stranger of Paradise and make that even more of, sh- of a chef's kiss. And mm. then eventually Neo three. <laughs> Am I right, fellas? Uh, I wish. Even though they they said it's not happening, <laughs> but yes, give it to me. I know Austin might not be listening to this, but shout out to him for making me listen to his harebrained theory uh, the other day for 20 minutes about how he Sora thinks that Sora is Xehanort. And I listened to it, and I he has enough evidence in his holster that I can't say he's wrong. But I hope I, he's not right, though. But he's I also, right. it's insane. I have to deal with that at least once a month of him <laughs> reiterating the whole thing to me. Uh, he's very passionate about it. He really is. I can't wait for him to be proven wrong in 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, all right. With that, we appreciate you listening to our ramblings and we will talk at you next week. Bye. Ethan Winters. See ya.